0: You're listening to a Marcus Sahaba online radio podcast.
1: Just gone 8 07 Central African time. Let's welcome a five with a hearty assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The program is uh, medical files on the platforms of Amartya Sahaba, the voice of the Ahl Sunnah, wal Jama'a having a lookalo on the board. And uh, yes, give me a big smile, a big thumbs up. And inshallah, uh, this evening we'll be talking to uh, dermatologist uh, Dr. Muhammad uh, Dokra. And uh, yes, I remember the first. Uh, half of you will be discussing uh, these uh, topics, inshallah, Doctor has agreed uh, to talk on or discuss uh, eczema, skin allergies, and skin allergies in COVID patients. And uh, after that, we'll take in uh, your questions, and doctor will answer them on O eight four seven eight six three one three two O eight four seven eight six three one three two. 3132 Really looking forward to a powerful show this evening. Assalamualaikum <laughs> warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, Dr. Mohammed doctor and tell me, how's uh, Cape Town this fine, beautiful evening? Well, uh, we seem like we don't have a doctor there, and perhaps uh, Luke Kala will have to do some checking out yeah generally we uh, have our doctors ready before the show we have our lines ready we have our eqs ready we sort our hybrid and all that but uh, anyway i don't uh, hear doctor that in so perhaps uh, lukala when you get him online and uh, let me know and, and then we can talk to uh, dr Mohammed uh, as i said he's a dermatologist and uh, you know uh, so important uh, to have a dermatologist who does uh, what uh, we, yeah, yeah, okay, uh, Dr. Muhammad Drath, Dr. are you there? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
0: Walaikum, wa wa salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, brother Shafat, and uh, salams to the listeners of. Uh, uh, and I'm happy to share my uh, my uh, information on various skin conditions, and I'm sure that the public will benefit. And they, you know, can phone in and we can discuss all these different aspects. Uh, I feel that what we should do is, you know, because COVID is such a problem, and many of our people are succumbing to this horrible virus, we should discuss COVID first, and then we'll move on to eczema in children and adults and in skin allergies as well. So can I uh, commence with uh, regarding COVID and the skin signs and generally on COVID? Yeah, I think, uh, doctor, that would be a good idea
1: indeed, because uh, we'll start with that. And uh, what we'll do when we go for a break at 8.30, and then we'll take the questions from our listeners, because they're also eager, you know, I already gave the numbers out, and uh, I can see questions already coming through. So I'll give you the next, uh, maybe, yes, uh, the next 20 minutes. Go ahead and uh, discuss uh, the COVID uh, issue, inshallah. Bismillah.
0: Inshallah. Firstly, uh, what I'd like to inform the public is that uh, vaccinations are quite safe, and as soon as the vaccinations are available, we should all take the vaccination. This will actually improve our immunity, and it will cause what we call a herd immunity, where the rest of the population would also get immunity to COVID. The second point I'd like to mention is that uh, there's a lot of uh, discussion about ivermectin. My personal belief is that ivermectin, ivermectin is safe and uh, it's an effective treatment for COVID. And I think uh, the government will now look into it and they will allow it to stay. Uh, I'd like to discuss COVID because as we know, COVID is caused by the coronavirus and the problem, it can lung, uh, lead to severe lung disease and can even lead to death. And we know from... All the communities and families, one has had the tragic consequences. Now, what happened in the last few months is that in South Africa we got the, what they call a mutant uh, uh, virus. So what happens? The virus has changed its form, and this new mutant virus, the one that new and changing form is easily transmitted. So the COVID virus has changed form and become more easily transmissible. Now, uh, in terms of who gets COVID, uh, we are aware that older patients and patients with underlying uh, chronic conditions like medical conditions including uh, high blood pressure, diabetes, have a higher risk of developing COVID. And in the older patients, the COVID may be more severe life-threatening and uh, can often uh, lead to mortality as well. Uh, But, you know, we previously thought that it was healthy. Uh, I mean, young, healthy patients uh, were, you know, prevented from getting COVID. But we now aware that uh, some of these patients can become very ill and may even die. So the common underlying chronic medical conditions that result in severe disease uh, firstly, people who have sugar diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, uh, lung problems, long-standing kidney disease, overweight persons, heavy smokers, and again, age. Once you over 60 and 65, uh, the risk of developing COVID in the severe form is increased. Now, how is COVID and the SARS virus uh, spread? it's basically found in little droplets which are invisible and it is spread by a person who is infected. So that patient, a uh, person may be coughing or sneezing or touching items uh, like computer keyboards, tabletops and doorknobs and the virus remains on those surfaces for a few days and therefore a person who is uninfected who touches these, uh, these uh, areas can actually get COVID and especially if they touch their mouth, their nose and their eyes and this results in infection. Now, one of the things we talk about is people may have what they call incubation period where the COVID is present, present and then they get signs later. So this can last between 5 and 14 days after one is exposed to COVID. And patients can pass the virus onto others before becoming unwell. So even if they're asymptomatic, they can still pass the virus. Now, what are the signs of COVID? The severity of COVID differs from person to person. In some patients who are infected with the virus, they may not have any symptoms. But 80% of patients may have mild symptoms, and some may not even be aware of symptoms. Twenty percent will have shortness of breath, and these patients, the COVID can cause serious, severe medical problems, and they may have to be admitted to a hospital and either examined, uh, I mean examined and treated as well. So it's important that we be proactive and we should take the COVID pandemic seriously. Now, what are the most common signs of COVID? Patients usually have fever, they have a dry cough, shortness of breath, loss of smell and taste, and they feel tired, and the loss of smell and taste can last for a long time, and the patients may also have body aches, muscle pain, they may have running nose, they may have running tummy, headaches, and some patients may have confusion, and sometimes if they're very, very ill in hospital, they can be comatose and pass away. So what are the skin signs of COVID? The most common skin sign is a general rash that is itchy and red and occurs on the body, arms, and legs. And this may occur at the onset of the illness early on or even when the patient is recovering from COVID. Now, an interesting form of COVID skin sign is called the COVID toes. Now, what happens, a rash develops on the toes, which looks like chilblains. It may be red or blue, and this may be due to an inflammation in the blood vessels in the the skin of the toes. The other form of rash that one can notice is a lace-like pattern, a rash on the legs, and it may be red in color. And then sometimes patients can have an acute allergic reaction to COVID. And these patients may have blisters. It looks like chickenpox, but I must emphasize this is not chickenpox. This is a sign of COVID. Patients can also develop hives or wells or what we in the Cape call bommels. And then lastly, although COVID is not common in children, if a child gets COVID and if it's severe enough, it may result in red, swollen hands, and, and that is a major problem because these children can get severely ill. So... I would like to move on to eczema now. Uh, in fact, the type of eczema I'm going to be discussing is the childhood eczema and the adult eczema. Now, basically, people know eczema and dermatitis as the same condition. And what happens is that eczema means itch in Latin, in Greek. So the skin becomes dry, it can become blistered, it becomes itchy and inflamed. And in fact, it's common in children and usually occurs after the age of three months, and the skin appears red, and it may occur on the face, on the arms, on the legs, and uh, many children are commonly affected with this condition. Now, there may be a history of asthma or hay fever in the child, or there may be a family history of allergies like asthma, hay fever, or eczema. Now, eczema has some triggers. It can be triggered by usually environmental factors like allergies, and this may be related to uh, people using bubble baths, you know, for their children, Uh, patients using irritating soaps because soaps are often harsh. They may be using uh, woolen clothing, and uh, although uh, it is not clear-cut, but my personal belief is that certain food allergies can aggravate eczema also. Now, what is important is we need to know how to control the child with eczema. In fact, I've got a, uh, when I give lectures, I've got a T-shirt uh, poster which says, if I don't sleep, my parents don't sleep. So basically the child may stay awake the whole night, and the parents will be traumatized and they'll be staying awake the whole night. And by the child staying awake the whole night, the next morning the child is, is, is irritable, tired, and they don't perform well at school. So how do we treat eczema? There are certain things that we can do to control the symptoms of eczema, and this can make it easier to live with the condition. And as I always mentioned, patient, patient education is a hallmark of treatment. So with patients with eczema, especially children, it is important to keep the skin moisturized. One should avoid harsh detergents. One should avoid harsh soaps. Uh, central heating and dryness can aggravate the skin. One should avoid bubble baths which can dry out the skin. One should use mild soaps. One should avoid rubbing the skin or or, or or prevent the child from scratching the skin. So after the child has had a bath, one should apply a moisturizer and this seals the moisture. Now again, stress is an aggravating factor. So when we treat children with eczema, we need to treat the, the, the child and the parents in a holistic way. So again, we need to be part of a team and we need to try and inform the parents, uh, you know, in terms of how to manage eczema, how to cope with eczema, because although there is no cure, we have various treatments which can actually provide a very really good quality of life. And again, uh, the child Wear soft, loose, fitting clothing, uh, cotton clothing preferably, avoid wool and fabric. And again, uh, one should avoid feather pillows, carpet because sometimes the patient may be allergic to feathers and house dust mice. And again, uh, it is important to inform the parents that moisturizers are the most important thing. The more they moisturize the skin, the better the child heals. The second aspect is they should not be scared of applying cortisone creams. Now again, there's a misconception that cortisone is dangerous in children, but what we use is a cortisone cream. It's not the cortisone or the steroids that bodybuilders use to increase their their muscles. This is quite safe. The ones that we use are safe, and we don't use it for long periods of time and this is to cut down the inflammation of the skin. So in addition to using the moisturizers one uses the cortisone cream for a short period of time. But the good news is that we've got some new creams from Switzerland and from the United States and these new creams are called protoptic and elitro and these creams do not have cortisone so they can be used long term. Now the most important thing is that they are new creams that have become available in the United States and the European Union which are free of cortisone and hopefully we should have these creams in South Africa shortly. Now, uh, what we need to do is to realize that although the majority of children with clear from atopic eczema, some patients go on to develop atopic eczema or allergy in adulthood. Now, again, one should actually try and educate these uh, these patients uh, in terms of the occupation that they uh, they partake in, because once you try and avoid occupation where there's a lot of exposure to irritate, irritants or to detergents uh, or to you know patients working with various type of mechanical oils or hairdressers, uh, those types of occupations, we should try and provide them with so-called clean occupations where involves a computer and they don't get exposed to harsh chemicals on their hands. Now uh, adult patients, again, the treatment is similar, but again we have uh, what we call UVB or phototherapy. This is a special life therapy unit and that helps tremendously. It actually uh, is a treatment that can be used on all parts of the body. It is safe and actually can help the patient clear very well. Now again, uh, in, we just have a new injection available for adults uh, with very, very severe eczema. It's called dupilumab, and it's come onto the market. And uh, hopefully that will help the small percentage of patients who have very, very severe eczema. Uh, Shepat, how are we for time? You're doing an
1: absolutely brilliant job, and I enjoy, you know, generally, you know, a, a, mono, a monotone or a monologue people don't enjoy, but you've got a knack of for delivering it, and everything you've told us thus far has been so informative. But at so time, you still have another eight minutes to go before the break, but if uh, you want me to bring in the questions, they are this flooding here, but uh, tell me if you want another eight minutes to do your preamble, yes, I'll, yes, I'll let certainly. you go on.
0: Yeah. Now, just to inform our listeners that we have various kinds of eczema and and dermatitis. So, another form of eczema is what we call allergic eczema or contact eczema, and this is exposure to various chemicals which can cause an allergy. For example, we might have a person who's working with various types of shampoos, uh, you know, in a hair salon, and the water and the shampoos and the various chemicals may irritate the Person. Or we might have someone in the nursing field who has to use very strong hand cleaners and that person can get a reaction. Or we may have a person who who's uh, is a bricklayer and is uh, exposed to cement, that can cause a reaction. So again, these occupations, it is important for us to educate the patient how to avoid the the substance which is causing the allergy, and then we need to treat these patients. And the other forms of allergy can be due to uh, earrings, uh, nickel-containing earrings, and then again, dyes. We often find that the permanent hair dye contains a chemical which in some patients it may cause an allergy. And it's important for us to identify and then to remove that. The other factor is rubber gloves. Now, patients using rubber gloves may develop a hand allergy. So it is important for us to check those patients, to test them, and to advise them to use alternative gloves. So I usually tell them to use what we call polyvinyl, which is clear, clear gloves, uh, not made with latex or rubber. I might ask him to use nitrile, which is the N-I-T-R-I-L-E, which is the blue gloves that are available at the different pharmacies. And again, it is important if a person needs to use gloves, obviously for handling dishwashing liquid or washing powder. I advise them to wear a pair of cotton gloves, and on top of that, they wear a rubber glove, and they put an elastic band so that area becomes waterproof, so the water doesn't get into the glove because. What we find, if patients are exposed, people are exposed to too much water, it can irritate the skin and it actually makes the skin more prone to developing an allergy. So again, it is important. And then again, uh, certain uh, footwear, that contains uh, leather, the tanning of the leather can sometimes cause uh, an allergic reaction. Mm. The actual leather that's tanned or rubber soles can sometimes co- uh, cause problems. So it is important for us to be aware of that. Now, the most important point about contact dermatitis or contact allergy is to avoid the the incriminating uh, substance. Now, for example, if a person is allergic to perfume, one needs to avoid it. Or if the patient is allergic to various cosmetics, one should avoid it. One should use unscented uh, cosmetics. And again, what we can do, if, if one's not clear about whether the substance is causing the allergy, one can apply that on the inner arm and cover it with a microport tape, and after two days, one can have a look and see if there's a rash there. If that is the case, then the person is allergic to that substance, and one can avoid that. Uh, in terms of treatment, again, it is most important that we remove the offending agent by avoiding it. Secondly, it, the skin is extremely itchy, so one needs to use an allergy tablet called an antihistamine. Secondly, one needs to use again a cortisone ointment for a short period of time. So people shouldn't be scared of using it. And if there's infection, then one might have to use an antibiotic. And the hallmark of treatment is to use a moisturizer. Now the different types of moisturizers I'll mention. One of the best is called repair, SBR repair, it repairs the skin. The other one is Epimax Ultra. And these are greasy, so they actually help to improve the dryness of the skin as well. And then if the skin is very, really, very really severe, then the doctor might decide to use a short course of cortisone tablets. But again, the most important thing is to prevent allergy. Now, my last topic that I'm going to speak about is a condition which is related to dandruff, and it's called seborrheic dermatitis, but the important word is dandruff. Now, dandruff occurs in many people. It presents a scaling and flaking of the scalp. It may be itchy. So what we need to inform these patients is to use a good shampoo. So what I usually advise them to use a medicated shampoo like Kesh Shampoo, Hello, like Kesh Shampoo or a, sh- a username shampoo with urea. So these actually mm-hmm. help. One can even use a tar shampoo. And if the tar shampoo is a bit smelly, one can use a conditioner to get the smell off. If the uh, dandruff is severe, we might use a cortisone lotion like Advantan, scalp lotion or locoid lotion on the scalp, and that actually helps to clear the, the scalingness and dryness. And then the seborrheic dermatitis can also occur in babies, neonates, and is known as cradle cap. But usually, again, one needs to use a mild shampoo on the scalp, and then uh, lots of moisturizer, and those children clear up completely, so there's no problem.
1: Doctor, you were hearing the messages coming through. All the WhatsApp messages are coming through. And I, I like the way he said, hello. Yeah, listen the doctor is in sync with you. He knows what's going on. 0847863132, 0847863132. I don't know, doctor, I was also thinking, I do a lot of gardening, and I do have these uh, uh, rubber gloves. But, I, you know, it, it makes you very sweaty. So you uh, uh, will you advise me to put cotton gloves and then put the uh, rubber gloves over that uh, doctor?
0: Okay, the first uh, problem, Brother Shafat, is the rubber gloves must be washed. You know, you leave leave it on for about half an hour and then you remove it and you wash it. The second point is that... uh, uh, sometimes if your palms are too too sweaty, there is a lotion called dry Claw to dry that area up. But I would actually suggest that one wears a cotton glove, and it can be any form of cotton glove, like a catering glove or a wedding glove that can be used, and on top of that, the rubber glove. Now, again, you mentioned a very, very important point. When you do gardening, you must try and avoid that contact with the fertilizer. So all of that must be done, you know, uh, with protection of the hand. The other important thing is, uh, while we're on that subject, patients uh, or people that are working in the kitchen, they must use long-handled brushes so the hand is not exposed to too much water. And then coming back to your gardening, after you finish gardening, don't use harsh soaps or harsh hand cleaners to wash your hands because that those cause irritation and they form little cracks in the hands, and that's where you can develop the allergy and infection.
1: Jazakala for that, doctor. It's time for us to go for a break. And when we get back, inshallah, we'll be fielding your questions to our dermatologist, Dr. Muhammad Adokrat. Let's go do some shopping. You're listening to a Marcus Sahaba online radio podcast. Dr. Muhammad uh, Dokrat is a dermatologist sir, this evening. He's in consultation. Your questions, mashallah, are coming through. Remember the number is 0847863132. Going straight into the questions, uh, this one, assalamu assalamualaikum, Shafaat, and Dr. Dokrat. Jazakallah for the program. Please advise the best way to treat acne scars, doctor.
0: That's correct. Now, firstly, we need to prevent acne scarring so when a patient presents with acne we need to be proactive in order to treat that acne with various topical creams like vitamin A or antiseptic gel like uh, benthyl peroxide uh, or uh, and or we might need systemic internal therapy depends whether it's severe so that's important as far as the acne scarring is concerned we have various uh, treatments uh, the most important uh, the, the most important treatment that we have is what we call fruit acid peels. Mm-hmm. It's called alpha hydroxy peels. And what that does is it. A- It's a fruit acid that we apply on the skin, and that tends to exfoliate the skin and improves the scar. Then uh, if it's a bit deeper, we use what they call microdermabrasion. We have a special machine, and it's like a very fine sandpaper, and that sort of scrapes off the acne scars. And then if it's very severe, then we might have to use what they call fractal laser. So the good news we have treatments available to treat acne scarring, but the important thing is one should seek treatment early in order to prevent scarring uh- you know, prevention is better than, uh, you know, treatment or cure. The other aspect is it's important that whichever treatment the patient receives, they must use a sunblock. It is absolutely essential because if one doesn't use the sunblock, then those areas can get pigmentation as well, and that looks worse than the acne. So, again, one needs to, uh, you know, give the patient detailed information about how to manage and then, you know, direct them to the right uh, uh, laser centers for treatment
1: alhamdulillah mr kaka says assalamualaikum to marcus radio and jazakallah for medical series which we very much enjoy shafa if you can ask the dermatologist for me how is the best way to treat a boil to leave it or pop it and if we pop it what must we apply doctor
0: that's a very important question. It's something that we see on a daily uh, basis. Uh, first of all, if a boil occurs, then it's like a volcano. So there's pus in there, and it wants to come out. So if a boil is right then one needs to, uh, one needs to pop it. But what one can do in order to soften, one can use a cotton wool in hot water as long as one doesn't burn. You leave it on the boil for about five minutes so it softens that area and then one can pop it. And when the pus comes out, the ideal is for us to do what we call a pus swab. So the patient should actually go to the lab like Lancet or case and they should ask him for a pus swab. So when the pus comes out from the boil, they should actually put that into the container and take it to the lab, and the lab will do a test to see what type of bacteria causes the abscess. And if the patient requires internal antibiotics, then the antibiotic is effective for that bacteria. So you, fi- you have a, a proper scientific way of treating it. Now, what happens is the boil must be you know pressed out and it becomes flattened. And then what I would recommend is that they could use Bactroban, and they can apply three times a day for seven days on that area to work externally. And if the boil is severe or if are more than one boil, they might have to use an antibiotic called Floxtapin, F L O X A T E N, and that's effective against the bacteria. And then these patients, if they get recurrent boils, they should shower with Bioscrub. It's an antiseptic scrub. And with the combination of that, it will clear the boil and it will prevent boils from coming.
1: Kati says, Assalamu alaikum. Point, our mind tells us point, to rub methylated spirits on our, on our body when we itch from mosquito bites. Can the skin tolerate this uh, methylated spirits, uh, doctor?
0: Okay, uh, before I answer that question, the last point, patients who get uh, recurrent boils or extensive boils, they must be trusted for sugar diabetes because patients who are diabetic are more prone to getting boils. Uh, as far as the answer regarding to the bites, and mosquito bites or flea bites, uh, in the child you get a lot of mosquito bites. In the Cape we get flea bites from the Cape sand flea. Now, uh, laser spritz is not the ideal treatment because it sometimes irritates the skin. It's basically similar to alcohol where it dries the area. What we need to do, first of all, is prevention is better than cure. So for example, with mosquitoes, we need to, you know, if an area is, uh, is, is, is one is prone to mosquito bites, so or if an area, uh, mosquitoes are endemic to the area, then what one needs to do, we, you know, use proper safety nets, uh, one can use, uh, anti, anti, uh, uh, what you call anti-mosquito uh, repellent uh, like uh, Mylol, anti uh, insect repellent. Uh, one can apply that to the hands and to the legs. Uh, when one goes out, one needs to wear long-sleeve uh, shirt and long-sleeve pants. And then if one gets a bite, one can use a cream called Antizan. So that actually helps to decrease the inflammation. It's an antihistamine cream, Antizan cream. And then if it's very itchy, one can use at night an antihistamine tablet like allergic, and then what one can do the next day is to use a mild cortisone cream like uh, persivate on that area to allow it to heal and uh, it's important that uh, if the skin is uh, very itchy all over the body then one can use calamine lotion. Uh, in terms of methylated spills if it's applied to a single area it's fine but it shouldn't be applied to all the different areas it's not the ideal treatment.
1: Zakala for that, uh, Dr. Solly from Umshlanga says, "Assalamualaikum" uh, to my station called Marcus uh, as I uh, like the medical information. Is there a home uh, remedy for ringworm, grandchildren always playing in the sand and catching this? Uh, doctor, how do you react?
0: Okay. Uh, again, uh, prevention is better than cure. So, example, if one gets ringworm on the feet or athlete's foot, uh, cortinia peters. At least what can be prevented by uh, making sure the feed is dry when one washes. Uh, in addition to that, one doesn't walk day feed, uh, you know, at gyms and one sort of even at, uh, uh, at swimming pools, uh, one must keep the foot, you know, hygienic. The, uh, you know, hygienic and clean, And in addition to that, one can use uh, creams that are available over the counter. And they don't cost much. They cost about 20, 10, 10 grand. It's called Canex, C-A-N-E-X. And you can apply that on those areas. Um, so basically, it's very easy to treat and it's very cheap to treat it. If the uh, ringworm is very extensive, or if a child has ringworm on the scalp, then one has to use a tablet called microcytol. But that's not uh, often used. It's basically creams are effective in clearing the ringworm.
1: Hafiz Suleiman says, Assalamu alaikum to all at Marcus uh, Sahaba. Shafaat, uh, the show is very informative as always. I heard I can wipe apple cider vinegar to treat eczema. What does Dr. Doctor say to this Doc?"
0: yeah again one you know one encompasses all forms of treatment you know holistic and natural treatments as well uh, apple cider vinegar is useful for lots and lots of uh, conditions but eczema basically the skin is very inflamed and if you apply anything that like vinegar or so it can irritate it so i would suggest uh, the person sticks with conventional treatment if they're stuck and they can put ordinary Vaseline, and that acts as a moisturiser as well. But I would avoid the apple cider vinegar.
1: Mr. Yusuf says, Assalamu alaikum, my brothers on air. You are doing a good show. What is the first thing we should do if we get burnt by boiling oil? Any truth that it is good to put burnt area in uncooked rice or flour, uh, doctor?
0: Again, yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions, and what we should do is, uh, you know, use scientific methods. Uh, Firstly, if you're burnt in in boiling oil, put your hands under a cold tap, and if possible, you know, ice cold water on that area to decrease the temperature, and then one can apply burn shield or... It's severe, and if it's cold and it's causing blisters, then to rush to the emergency unit. So, again, we shouldn't, uh, you know, apply butter or any other forms of home remedies for it. One should stick to pure scientific basis for the burn to heal because otherwise, one would find that the burn gets uh, more severe and then it takes a long time to heal. So, again, the first thing one, if one gets burnt, is ice water, you know, in cold water to cut down the temperature and then one can sort of wrap it up in burn shield.
1: Uh, this uh, question says, oh, this message reads, uh, As-salamu from Masi here on the Bluff side. Uh, Wa alaykum It says people do laser therapy on face. What will Dr. Drath say will be the long-term effect on the skin? from those laser rays. A uh, good question from uh, Marcy there.
0: That's an excellent question. Now, again, what one should look in, in, in dermatology? We'd always look at uh, efficacy as, as well as uh, safety. Now, laser hair removal uh, has been used for the last 20 years, and if it's used by the correct technician in the right clinic, under the supervision of a skin specialist, dermatologist, then it is safe. And, again, the important thing is one should make sure that one is aware of the skin type. For example, patients with our skin type, where we are tan, uh, you know, what we call type 3, 5, and 6, as compared to white skin, we are more sensitive if we get any injury to the skin we can get pigmentation. So again, it is safe. It won't have effect on the aging process on the skin. It won't have effect on causing cancer, and it is a safe process. And one uses it for a period of time. But generally speaking, if it's used correctly, it is safe.
1: Anonymous says, assalamu alaikum People say if you wax in uh, the face, uh, the hairs get thinner. Uh, but I feel the hairs get thicker. So what's the story with that now? Please help, a doctor.
0: Yeah, that's was misconception. And, you know, uh, previously when I grew up, that's, my, uh, you know, thinking that I had, but uh, it wouldn't. But I would suggest instead of waxing on the face, uh, threading is uh, more effective and safer. And then again, uh, there is a cream one could use as well. It's called Vanica, V-A-N-I-Q-A. But that's... Uh, available in the United States, but one can get it in South Africa from certain pharmacies and uh, laser hair removal. But important point: while we are discussing that, if a person, a female, gets excessive hair on the face, then one needs to find out why. We always look for the cause. And if the person has certain times or what we call polycystic ovaries, which I discussed at our last uh, uh, this, uh, you know the, uh, radio session. Uh, polycystic ovaries is where the ovaries produce excessive hormones and this can affect the hair follicles in the skin on the face and it becomes more prominent and becomes uh, larger. So one needs to, first of all, examine the patient, do specific tests to make sure they don't have this excess hormone production and then at the same time while we're treating the excess hormone production by various internal medications one can also use the uh, laser therapy for the head, remove
1: them. Anonymous says, I'm a male of 45, and I noticed that white spots are appearing on my hands. Should I be concerned, uh, doctor?
0: Okay. Uh, From what what the history is, if you're getting white spots on your hands, then that's a sign of vitiligo. Now, when we get white spots, it's important, vitiligo is a condition where you get white spots on, you know, the right and left sides, you know, the same distribution, and it can occur on the eyelid, it can occur on the lips, it can occur on the neck, it can occur on the arms, on the hands, and the rest of the body. So, again, if it doesn't worry the person, and, you know, if they don't have stigma from it, then it is quite, it's fine, they don't need to have any treatment, however, If you get white spots on the neck and they may be scaby, then that's a sign of a fungal infection or ringworm. So the best is for that person to be assessed by their family practitioner or dermatologist who needs to make a clear diagnosis and then, you know, advise the patient accordingly.
1: Doctor, I get ingrown toenails and sometimes I'm successful in taking it out. But I fear if I do the wrong thing, what could be the repercussions? Good question there, Doc.
0: Excellent question. So we've got two parts to it. The first is if it's standard ingrown toenail, I would suggest that person sees a podiatrist because the podiatrist can make a, what they call a wedge. So that actually prevents the toenail from now becoming ingrown. Uh, ingrown toenail occurs if the nails have not been cut correctly and they cut too short. Uh, So, again, the poditis is the best person, and we have various forms of treatment. You know, poditis can use a chemical or he can cut part of the side of the nail off and that can allow it to heal. However, we should actually be cautious as well because sometimes nail infection can be mixed or, or, or ingrown toenails and nail infections uh, can be mixed and the patient may have a super added fungus infection of the nail or, or, or nail, uh, nail fungus. It's called onychomycosis. If that is the case, then the podiatrist will take a sample of the nail and then send it for analysis to see if there's a fungus If there is a fungus, then there's two uh, types of treatment. One can use a nail lacquer called losserol, or if it's severe, then one can use tablets called turbosil or sporozole. These are internal tablets. But again, this person needs to be seen by a podiatrist who needs to make a clear diagnosis and treat this patient. And I would actually recommend uh, this person should not um, treat that themselves. It's better to get an expert to try and treat it and heal it and
1: cure it. Well, uh, Doc, you tickled my brains there. You need to get me a podiatrist next, you know, because eh, I think it's an important issue. Many do have problems with their toenails and all those nails, and it's an important uh, topic to discuss. And no, you are connected, Doc, someone reliable someone as good as you, you know, eloquent on A. So we'll make a plan, doc. Uh, so do in we have Allah. a deal?
0: Yes, yes, yes. I, what I'll do, I'll send you uh, the name of the person uh, on the cell, and inshallah, all right, a good discussion.
1: Yeah, I, I like that, doctor. You know, the barakah is flowing. Rapi Ayesha says, assalamu alaikum and jazakallah for the flowing information. My question is, what is the best treatment for dry skin on heels, uh,
0: doctor? Oh, that's an excellent question. So, again, when a person gets dry skin, the first thing one needs to do is to use various creams to bring in the moisturizer, uh, moisturizing aspect. So uh, there's a very, it's interesting, you know, Vaseline, not the ointment, but they've come up with a, uh, with a cream for the feet. It's called a heel cream. So, Vaseline have got a very good one, and then the other, the other treatment one can make up, uh, the pharmacy can make up is 10% salicylic acid, S A L I C Y L I C acid, in white soft paraffin. And they can make it up to 200 grams. So I'll send you that on your link. Uh, 10% salicylic acid in white soft Vaseline. When they apply that, it exfoliates the heel and then the person can use that to alternate night alternating with the, uh, with the Vaseline heel cream works very well but the important thing is if a person gets dry heel and if there's a lot of scaling then the doctor should do a scraping to see if there's not a super added uh, fungus so it can be ringworm or at least put off the sole not on the between the toes so if that is the case then the patient needs to take internal antifungal tablets and then one also need to use a cream like turbosol cream so again uh, it's important uh, to try the cream as I told you, the salicylic acid alternating with the Vaseline heel cream, and if it doesn't clear, then they would need to see the uh, dermatologist, who would need to make an accurate diagnosis and treat appropriately.
1: Yes, sir, doctor. When you see people wearing uh, sandals or you know strippers, you find that they, uh, you know, heels are cracking all the time. What are they doing wrong, or is it the type of uh, you know material that the sandal is made of, or uh, that, that is affecting the heels, doctor uh, doc?
0: Uh, i think I think first of all, walking bare feet is a bit of a problem, and again, not drying the feet you see it 's like a desert if you don 't put water, there's cracks in the sand in the desert so likewise mm-hmm. so what they need to do is to lubricate the, the 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 feet and they must make sure they don't pick up athletes from anyone but if they wear sandals it's fine i usually tell the patients to put the sandals in the sun so you know you can make sure if there's any fungus or so it can be eradicated as well
1: <laughs> That's a very wise thing, Doc, because whenever I know, when I use, uh, you know, and you, go, you don't dry properly and you put sandals on, and then you can feel that your toes start itching. Uh, jazakallah for saying that, you know, maybe I'll, uh, I'll actually use the sun now. Yeah, I'll leave my sandals yeah. in the sun. Yeah, As-Sakur yeah. says, Assalamualaikum. we all enjoying the program, Shafa'at, uh, with uh, you and Dr. Dokrat. When I shave my face, I get a rash, so I can't keep a beard. Please help me. Part two of my question is uh, from my brother. He wants to know uh, those beard oils that people sell. Are they really good for beards or just a gimmick? Jazakallah brothers on earth. On a, uh, with some uh, interesting questions there, doc.
0: Indeed, uh, the first part is when this person shaves, they're getting an, a bit of an irritation on this uh, on their skin. So what I usually tell pa- uh, you know patients to do is first to apply some cleansing uh, cleanser like Epizone E. It's a gasoline type of ointment, and they apply that on the face and they wash it off, and then they take a, a face towel and you know have it nice and moist and heated, so they put that on the face, so it gives it a nice uh, fresh, you know uh uh fit uh, reaction. And thereafter, when they shave, they should, they should shave according to the grain of the beard. So they should shave gently on the right, on the left. I prefer to have two uh, blades, you know, one for the right, one for the left, and downwards. And then immediately after that, they should put a moisturizer to seal that area. And with that, it will clear up beautifully. Then the, uh, the alternative is to use an electric shaver. Now, regarding the patient who gets this reaction uh, and you can't grow a beard what happens we often find it called folliculitis barbie where you get an inflammation of the hair follicle. Often you find the hair growing back into the skin and causing an allergic reaction like an inflammation. So what we do is we tell those patients that you must try and sort of move on from the three days. So if you're growing your beard for the first three days you can use a mild cortisone cream like Percivate just to allow that area the reaction to subside and thereafter let the hair grow. Once the hair grows beyond a certain limit then it wouldn't cause a problem so if the hair is a bit short it may grow into the skin and cause inflammation but once it's beyond the three days then the beard will be able to grow too
1: MashaAllah jazakallah for that amasi from lodium says assalamualaikum is it better to moisturize my skin with olive oil than to use all the creams in the shop
0: okay uh, there's two parts to it. I, I just need to give you part two of the question we had regarding the uh, the oils that one uses for the beard area. I like those. They moisturize the the, the hair follicles quite well, and we can continue. So that was the second Part of the uh, brother's question is, is uh, the the question that was asked from the brother. Uh, as far as olive oil is concerned, uh, olive oil is very, very good. But I would suggest go for gentle cleansers and something inexpensive, so one can use Epimax, Epimax or Epimax or Epizol A. Those are quite fine. You get a 500 gram that costs about 80 rand, and that will last you about a year. But olive
1: oil is fine. Olive oil is a good moisturizer also. Okay, you can use olive oil there, Alhamdulillah Masi from Lodium. Asha Arbi says, As salamu how does calamine lotion relieve itching, doc?
0: Okay, that's an excellent point. Uh, calamine lotion has got some phenol in it and it's got some menthol. So it's got quarter percent menthol and half percent phenol. And, and these agents are anti-itch agents. So they mix in the, cal- in the lotion and that's the reason why they, they help relieve the itch. I'm looking at a
1: question from Firoza Arbi. Mashallah, the Arbi that tuned in this evening. She says, Assalamu alaikum, Allah reward all at Amr Sahaba for your time uh, to educate us. I want to know from Dr. Dokra, is it uh, uh, fine to use Vaseline
0: on our faces? Doc? Yeah, uh, Vaseline is fine on the body and on the arms and legs. But on the face, what we find is that sometimes Vaseline is too sticky and it sometimes clogs the pores so one can get pimples from it. So I would use a moisturizer, which is a cream rather than something that's greasy.
1: Yeah, from Doc, he says uh, rather use a moisturizer than use something that is greasy Dr. Ayy Muhammad, Dr. Rath, I can tell you, we're absolutely, mashallah, this evening. Perhaps your parting words uh,
0: before you leave us? Gee, um First of all, jazakallah to you, Brother Shafat Ahmed, for inviting me uh, to this uh, important radio station. Uh and again, I think patient education and working via the, 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 media and the communications on the radio is very, very important because from the questions that we had, you know, people want to try and, and discuss their skin problems. Uh, and, uh, this is an excellent channel and I must compliment you for presenting a, a channel which is very, very informative. And Jazakallah to you and to the listeners, uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
1: Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu And uh, to you, Dr. Muhammad Dokrat uh, You know, your enthusiasm And in the mannerism uh, The way you answer your questions we, You get a distinction for being a powerful doctor And also someone that is quite good on air And to all our listeners You know, you really uh, have added uh, To the value of the program With all your lovely questions coming through And alhamdulillah that, It makes it even better for me As a presenter to host uh, Medical Files And you know, when you uh, you get a doctor like uh, Dr. Muhammad Dokrat, a dermatologist who's also a lecturer, you know, complimenting the station. So, you know, it's a feather in your cap, yeah, you listeners, because you make the station and also our Mufti A.K. Hussein who is, you know, hands-on. And Alhamdulillah, you know, make special duas for him because he went the extra mile, the brainchild of uh, Marcus Sahaba. And Alhamdulillah, he motivates everyone on the station. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep him. And uh, may we, whatever we do, may we do it in the manner that uh, pleases him uh, most. And uh, yes, Lukalo, so far so good. Remember that uh, we will go for the Isha Azan soon. And after that, inshallah, We'll be on pertinence or uh, punctuated, where we'll have uh, Maulana Salim Karim uh, coming on and uh, thereafter Sheikh uh, Maida. Yeah, first Sheikh Maida, then uh, Maulana Salim uh, Kar- uh, Karim. The topic uh, is looking good uh, this evening. Uh, the downside of, uh, yeah, that is um, uh, knowing, no downside here, knowing oneself. That is a topic with our Sheikh Maida. Let's go for a break. Uh, for uh, I mean, uh, the Azan. And then we will continue after that, inshallah.